Welcome to the mind of Mr. Chadwick Jones. Um, yeah, you're set up sick, man. Uh, yeah, this is quite, yeah, we've got quite a good setup going on over here. I've been, uh, basically, I've been manifesting um, this setup for about five years. I've been working towards this setup, but um, I don't know, maybe may, uh, I thought earlier it'd be great to show you around, but um, I can't take my laptop around uh, in the space at the moment. But if you was to FaceTime me and screen record the FaceTime, um, I'm quite happy to uh, to show you around and show you what the setup is. But yeah, it's a pretty pretty cushy setup. Um, so where are you living? Uh, where are you living now? Uh, this is Hackney Wick. I'm in I'm in East London at the moment, um, and I'm in and I don't know whether you know anything about Hackney Wick, but Hackney Wick is the hub central for artists in London. So it's a uh, it's I mean it's full of creatives, mate. You can get away with wearing whatever you want. In a way, it's a lawless society. Obviously, the laws still apply, but I mean we we very much run the joint out here. And uh, it used to be 65 warehouses uh, that artists used to live in, which ended up becoming the rave capital of London. Um, and then over, over time, they've sold these warehouses. And now there's only about uh, 15 warehouses left. And it's full of artists, uh, filmmakers, photographers, circus artists, uh, actors, activists. I mean, you name it. Uh, it's full of it around here. So I, I, I couldn't really feel more at home than than I, I than I do right now I think it's like the perfect place for me right now so you live in a, a like a warehouse there's like a just I don't know like an industrial estate type thing yeah yeah pretty much yeah yeah pretty much I live in I live in a, in a warehouse uh, it's called Fish Island Circus so it's been uh, renovated over the last 20 years by clowns um that's not an insult. That is actually the truth. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, professionally, pro professional, uh, professional clowns have basically yeah, set up this space. So no wall is uh, the same measurement. Uh, no, nothing in this building is uh, is is what you'd call level. But uh, but uh, you know, we've renovated it over the last couple of months in the lockdown because obviously we had to close the space. Um, so it's been renovated. We've got a load of new circus equipment. I've built a film studio here and a uh, photography studio. So it's been nonstop, to be honest, but it's a really amazing setup that we've got here. And we're really lucky to be in, in, in uh, a really up and coming and prime location in London. So do you run classes from, 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 the, from the warehouse or is that just your house? Uh, no, no, this is a live workspace. So we run classes, we run circus classes, we run film classes, we run photography courses, we run for, um, anything, everything we, we can really. Sometimes people come and just train in the space uh, on, the, on the daily really from 6.30 in the morning. There's people training in the space uh, up until about six o'clock in the evening. And depending on what we've got booked for that evening, we either choose to, to relax, have dinner together, uh, play darts and, and chill out, or I'll have a, a, a video shoot booked up and we'll, we'll completely transform the space for, the, for whatever video we've got booked in the space at the time. But I will have a, like a walkthrough video coming out soon, which will be going on, on YouTube um, and on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. So people can kind of see what the setup is and, and also see what we do here at Fish Island Circus and with the CJ Collective, which is my film company. Oh, sick. So when that comes out, I'll post it. I'll push it. And I'll, so if people have watched oh, man, thanks, to this, then they can, they can then, you know what I mean? Like you're talking about it now. Let's not, let's get, let's just give them a little taste there. Yeah. When it comes out, I'll push it. And then whoever's watched or listened and wanted to take a look around, they can go and take a look around. And this, 
wickedly sound in space like the child like a child's play to place is it like a, is that what it feels like sometimes? yeah yeah absolutely mate i feel like you know I, I definitely feel like a i mean if if you had a if there was an art of procrastinating it's this place um you know but i i think i think the things that you can procrastinate with here are, are much better than uh than most places you know we have all the toys uh and now you know obviously you know me sam so i have a plethora of um of hobbies and and they just keep growing the more and more people i see in this space because we have so many awesome people and such amazing talent uh, come to this space i'm like oh that's pretty cool i'm gonna start picking up that so so i've learned a load of things i'm learning even you know more than i thought i would would be able to learn but also i get to to train and work and live in one of the most expensive cities in the world to live in so so it's yeah it's a blessing and a curse at the same time really yeah, well, you're, you're, you're one of these people who said, I'm going to make what I enjoy my job. And that's yeah. incredible. And that's why I love following your journey and probably why we connect. And even back as kids, we didn't really hang out, but we connected somehow. It was, yeah. you know what I mean? We just got on when we saw each other and we never actually introduced to each other. Um, I think that's probably that, that creative side, that wanting to be different. Um, yeah. And damn, you were always different. <laughs> um wanting to be different that probably brought us together um as we're yeah. you wouldn't really say friends if, if we've got a friends list probably wouldn't write you on our friends list but we're always taught we'll always chat we'll always share that's it we always stayed in touch and i think i think it, uh, ultimately it comes down to mindset i think i think you've got a very very driven mindset and uh, and i think for so many people that's uh, that's incredibly inspiring to to watch um to watch you create uh, the world that you want to live in, the the what you what your surroundings are, you know, and that and that comes from the mind state that you have, and whether it's your cheerleading, which obviously you, you take into California, you've been all over the place, uh, all over the world doing uh, something that you love, and something that actually back in the day was considered as uh, you know a masculine, um, and you never and, gonna, never gonna make money out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, and and I, and I always remember training like gymnastics wise gymnastics when i was a kid you know it was it wasn't cool no. uh you'd be called we'd be called all sorts of things all of a sudden because we do uh, uh, uh gymnastics it's related to homosexuality and we'd get all kinds of like crazy uh, kinds of bullying which was uh, r ridiculous for a start because we're a lad of 40 uh you know we're a lad we're lads of uh, 40 in a team and we were very well trained so um i, I think anybody who who um who scrutinized us fast came around as soon as parkour started hitting the scene. Yeah. Um, because then it started becoming cool. And then the gymnasts who or, or obviously were aware of their body, were aware of their potential, were already in a mindset where they were elevating their physical potential had now become the popular uh, are, are able to exercise <laughs> that in, in what the world sees as cool, yeah. you know? Um, so, so it was really interesting like the, the transformation through that and also watching you exile in in cheerleading i was like well i'm just i'm just really proud and also really glad that that you 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 carried on that journey and also you showed everybody you stick to something it'll take you around the world well thank you sir um <laughs> but it's him again though it comes i'll leave the invoice at the end okay. of the podcast all right <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna wait for that one when it comes through like for, and two hours of your time talking and that's uh, it brilliant that's five thousand <laughs> <laughs> mindset advice um yeah uh, if i was gonna say 
<laughs> you got me, you got me blown. Um, I'm sorry, mate. No, it's fine. Um, you see, it, like you say that that's inspirational for, for for you or for other people, but it's just the other way around with you. Like I might not want to go and make a movie, but seeing you doing that and knowing, well, I went to school with him and he's now living in a, in a warehouse doing what people say you shouldn't be doing because you should have a mortgage by now and you should have a car and wife and a kids, et cetera. To see yeah. doing that, it's like it, even though I'm older, it, may, it secures in my mind, okay, maybe you are, you are doing the right thing. You are, um, even though I'm uh-huh. starting a bit of a bigger picture now and getting a house and that's obviously become very difficult due to COVID and yeah, stuff like that. Um, it's still nice to see like it, you, what you're doing is inspiring to me to know that it's okay. Cause it's not, yeah, just it's more, money. it's more than okay. Because I think at the end of the day, it's you versus you. And, and I, I say this when I walk into an audition room, right? Uh, I always say this to, to, to anybody that I meet. So many people turn up to, to like job interviews or auditions or, 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 or even in regular life, we see each other as competing. We're, we're always trying to one up each other. But for me, I'm going in an audition room waiting to learn off somebody else. I'm waiting to receive some golden nuggets that somebody has, has practiced their craft and they are uh, ready and available to exercise their craft in front of me, off the whim, in an audition room when the stakes are really high and there's a job up for grabs. For me, if I see someone who does a fantastic uh, audition, I then look at them and I think, do you know what? You deserve that job. And if you get that job, that, that's, you know, that's down to you. And, you and, and I don't feel bad for that. You were just the right person for the job. So with that, it doesn't mean to say that I can't help, um, that, that we couldn't cross paths again. And, and, I, and the next time that I meet, it might be that we work together. It might be that we don't work together. But the, the industry is so small. We have to support each other. And, and also, I don't want what you want. And you don't want what I want. We're after two different things. So we, we need to get into a, uh, we need to get into a repeated, um, uh, uh, repeated, I'm stammering over my words here. Uh, yeah, we need to, re- we need to keep on practicing, uh, that, that in our, in our society that it's okay. Yeah. It's like, that's like a, um, an um, active, active and reactive mindset. Like you say, you could be in a room, someone smashes their interview, makes you look stupid or your audition and, you could go home with, well, I'm not good enough. He was better than me. Um, uh-huh. And that anger, or it could be, well, I hate that person because you're mm. not going to admit they're better than you. Or you, mm. could, or you could be active to that and be like, oh, actually, yeah, they, they were so much more confident than me. They played yeah. the part better than me. I need to now change and get better for the next time. Or, or, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. And also, like, what, what can I learn? I'm here to learn. Like, like an audition room for me is a workshop. Um, it, I'm workshopping one my skills, but two, I'm also looking at other people's skills. I'm also looking at, at the, the the things that they have in their bag of tools that they use to be able to take some of their tools and go, you know, and, and appreciate the craft of uh, and the practice that they've done. Uh, and I think it's it's perfectly okay. It's absolutely perfectly okay because we're always we're always trying to trying to better ourselves anyway. But at the end of the day, we don't all want what what. <laughs> Well, as individuals yeah, want, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. we're all artists and you know individually, and even even yourself, Sam, you, you, I'd call yourself an, an artist. Whether it's uh, you know podcasts or whether it's cheerleading or whether it's you know you're always exercising creativity. So within that, there's artistry, 
whether it's through vocabulary, whether it's through your vernacular, or whether it's through your physical means. You know, we're all artists. Damn, you're dropping some big words on here today. I don't think I know. I know. I'm just dropping all the bombs. I tell you what, I read the dictionary from Polesworth International. I'm like, you know, you definitely didn't come from Polesworth. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't come from Polesworth. Every time I go back to Polesworth, everyone's like, what on earth, man? You sound so posh. But here in in, in the work, they're all like, where are you from, mate? Yeah, but it's funny because these little scallywags we have around here. You still look the same. And obviously, on on your social media is still you. It's still crazy, mad. I'd call, this is going to be weird. I was going to introduce you as, well, I haven't even introduced you, but oh, well, Luke Chadwick Jones. And I'm like, I've never called you Luke in my life. Yeah, that's like, true. That's true. The yeah. There's always the middle name. And I was thinking of it. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to call him Luke. That sounds too strange. Like, I'm just going to call him Chad. <laughs> what yeah. do you go you by can call now? Me Chad. I mean, you know, like uh, a lot of the lads at home, they still call me Chad. Uh, and I think well, as well. You now like, you're in London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you Lucas? <laughs> Lucas. No. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's strange because you know, obviously now now being an actor, and and having gone through the process of training how to be an actor, we kind of have to strip away ourselves and remove the ego and remove all of the attachments that society puts on ourselves and break the conforms of our education and re-educate ourselves and relearn our, our ways in which we are, uh, the reasons why we're in the world and how we enter the world and as people what we can offer to the world right so i look back on the times when we were growing up when we were kids right and everyone used to call me little chaddy or chaddy and i you know in a way that was like an alter ego it was like an alter ego that that i then put on the facade of who this person that everybody put on to me so yeah it was it was it was a really crazy time that is that's a great time to dive into actually because i was thinking about this my my new job that i'm doing at the moment just to get money I have a lot of time to think. I have eight hours yeah. to think, and that's not good for people like us. Because <laughs> I'm like, I want to be at home building something yeah. now or doing something. But I was thinking about this the other day that I started to during lockdown as well. It got to me. Everything that got to me because obviously my whole job, my business got ripped from underneath me. One minute I was yeah. earning loads of money doing stuff that everyone thought I couldn't do, and then there was no way of turning that round. And it was like, oh, I'm going to lose my house. Blah blah blah. I need to now go mm-hmm. get a job. It really got to me and then I actually got to a point where I was like, I don't want to be Sam Thompson anymore because mm. I felt like I still had to turn up on social media. I felt like I still had to turn up to keep my job going. And like you say, that facade of, I don't know, if ever I'm sad, people ask me, what's up? If I'm in a room and I'm not jumping around or I'm loud, yeah, what's wrong with you? Are you all right? And it's like, mm. well, yeah, I know, I know I'm normally trying to be center of attention. I know I'm always trying to be loud. I'm always trying to make everyone happy, but I am allowed to be quiet. I'm allowed to not be that person. Oh, cost a cup. Other brands are available. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this isn't a sponsored ad. It's just a cup we had in the cupboard. Um, uh, like, yeah. But you put that pressure on yourself. Um, and, and that's quite weird for you to bring that up. Because like I said, it was a few days ago. I was thinking about that. And I, I do enjoy being Sam Thompson, which is why I, within a week, I was like, I want to be Sam Thompson again. Yeah. <laughs> I was back on social media. I was uh-huh. back asking people to come and talk to me. I was back to random doing videos. I don't care if I get one view on a video. I really don't care. I just enjoy doing a video. Yeah. Um, but that pressure of what people think you are yeah. is pretty yeah, yeah. hard. Like, the, I don't know, like you just said, that li- little chatty, that, just those words of, I don't know, you got friends, you'll know him. Big Neil. Big Neil. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. big Neil, he has to be big Neil. He has to be loud. He has to be yeah, yeah, aggressive. Yeah, he has to be the, the tallest, the strongest, the 
the, the protector in the room. And it's like, well, totally. sometimes he's allowed to be a soft bear and relaxed and yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're touching everyone. on so many interesting topics. I think, I think one, yeah, they're, they're the social masks that we wear. So, uh, for about eight months, I went studying behavioral realism and behavioral realism is the basically like breaking it down in a nutshell. It's Sherlock Holmes to be able to in which they walk and why that way and their habitual tendencies as people. And Ooh, Chad, um, can you, can you run that? We wear again? these many social masks. Can you run that? Yeah, absolutely. Froze. Yeah. 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 No problem. Uh, I, th I think you've touched on like really interesting topics there. So for about eight months, I studied behavioral realism and behavioral re realism in a, in a nutshell it is like Sherlock Holmes, for example, he'd be the master behavioral realist. So somebody who, who can look at somebody, see their habitual tenancies physically, um, whether they've got a limp in their, in their right leg, where they put their weight, whether it's forwards, whether it's backwards, uh, the way they hold their head, where their gaze is, like they all give telltale signs about how the, the walk of life in which uh, they've led. So, so there's many times I can sit in a coffee shop and I can watch someone and I could tell you a lot about a person before I've even met them. I could tell you uh, what old injuries they had, what uh, sports they grew up with, what uh, emotional uh, turmoil that they're carrying around with them. Like because our physical body gives 80% of, of what, we, we before the conversation you know so social masks is is a really interesting part of behavioral realism and we always have this this uh this tendency to to put on a facade and to wear a mask that is presenting our best self or the version of ourselves that we think we are to the world and so when when you say like you know like big neil or little chaddy uh yeah we we you automatically are putting the social mask on what has been put onto you. So yeah. we have a responsibility and we can take responsibility to actually say like, it's okay guys, today I'm going to feel a little bit more human. I do have thoughts. I am human. I do carry emotions and I do feel incredibly deeply. I'm not always this um, emitting burst of light. I can also be Sad. an introverted, uh, yeah. Um, it's, and it's it also was... okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I said this once before on, on an Instagram live recently, it's okay to sit in the rain. And, and like you said before, you, you kind of touched on, you kind of touched on it briefly. Um, is our relationship with social media. We kind of feel like, and, and I think it's something that really isn't practiced and it's something that is going to, it's going to become really trendy. That's for sure. Uh, is the psychology and the mental health of social media and how we rein ourselves off and, and, and keep these addictions at bay and how we use them as tools but don't become too uh, indoctrinated yeah. by the uh, pressures of what the, the systems in place are asking us to do, to spend more time on the phone, to keep, um, you know, we, we have to just use them as tools. And I think, you know, a good way of using the platform like you are already doing is you know with podcasts with raising awareness to to what the implications of this addiction with social media can do and how it has an impact on our mental health and all it is is self-discipline you know and self-discipline is self-love and that in turn um that in turn means we can live a more fruitful life that is less bombarded by media and other information that we don't necessarily need to be consuming on the daily basis it's hard enough living in the world do you feel um, something I, I keep seeing coming up a lot is um, this whole 
uh, everyone's trying their hardest to be noticed. Uh-huh. But I'm trying my hardest to not be noticed, to disappear type thing. Do you think that's as fashions come around? So yep. it's fashionable at the moment to get your ass out on Instagram. It's fashionable to be on Instagram all the time. It's fashionable to be on. So do you reckon it's gonna? Be, do you reckon it's gonna become fashionable? Which I've started to see it like van life. Hashtag yeah. get out in the adventure. So fitness has now gone to walking in the hills. Do you think it's going to go backwards? Not it's like hippie stage, but do you think people will start going with, well, it's cool to not be on social media for a week. It's cool to go and disappear on holiday and not touch your phone for, for two weeks. Do you think that'll become a fashion? Like not a fashion. I, I think that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, I, I think I, I would believe anything in 2020. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would believe anything. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're totally right. I think a lot of the, the off-grid... Um, uh, the off-grid mentality, the the jumping off ship. Uh, there is a lot of my friends, in fact, who who had massive followings, who are huge parkour athletes, who travel the world, who do all sorts of things, and they've jumped ship on a lot of social media platforms because it's become political warfare. Yeah. It used to be that social media was about sharing entertainment content, or it was about boosting your ego. So there were people that were self-aware already and they weren't using it as that and they were using it as a tool or they were using it for an ego boost to say, hey, look how well I'm doing. And I think the thing, yeah, it could definitely be that a lot of people jump ship. I think that would take a hell of a lot of, um, of awakening from people to do that because the system would crash straight away and that would be really interesting. But on the flip side, what I think, would be more beneficial is to unfollow really popular, um, really popular mainstream commercial uh, influencers. Uh, and I would go I, like a lot of my, a lot of people that I follow are really small independent artists exercising authenticity yeah. and anything that's authentic will always live on and it will always be successful. And I think people need to not worry about what content, uh, whether their content is getting um, seen or heard and about it being actually truly original and authentic to and you. Who it's heard by or seen by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and also not to worry who it's heard and seen by right now because in the long term, it's a, like, you know, looking at the long shot, looking at the long goal. Uh, I don't think it's always about creating viral content and creating things. Obviously, for some people it is and that's their jobs and that's what they want to do and that's fine. I think as a, myself in particular as an artist, I want to ex exercise authenticity. So if it means that I have less of a following and the following that I do have are more interested in the art that I create and the authenticity, then, then I, would, I would definitely prefer that. Uh, I, had a, I, I, had, I had a media friend who said to me like, Sam, you're not putting as effort in because like my editing isn't great and it never has been. Um, right. But why are you doing so much, spending more money, etc., to get, 40 views 50 views when i don't know people on instagram could get thousands within minutes or etc right and i'm like because i enjoy doing it uh-huh I, I, I would love to make money out of it um yeah. and there are things that since lockdown have happened i've had emails messages and to do with the business i'm already in if yeah. i hadn't have done stuff like this it wouldn't have led to that so 2021 2022 is looking good for that um but i said to him i, I enjoy doing it it's not, it's not to get money. It's not, I don't, this is a hobby. I'm spending money on a hobby. Like I'm, I'm like yourself. I'm building a studio at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, nobody knew that, but they do now. Um, I'm building a studio. Um, but it, it's costing me money, but 
as soon as I think I've got to make money out of it, I don't enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Because we feel the pressure to be, uh, yeah, to be, to be earning money. I, I, I think, you know, in a nutshell, you're kind of saying trust the process and hold the vision. Um, I, I tell you a quick, a quick story. When I first left drama school, I, I left and I got a job. Uh, I won't name the company. Um, it was, wasn't very great. It was very difficult and it wasn't what I expected the industry to be. However, um, from that job, I then managed to get my first acting paycheck. I was still well in my overdraft, one and a half thousand pounds. I got 500, I got paid 500 pounds and I spent 380 pounds on a DSLR camera. Um, and, uh, and then I spent a hundred pounds on a new lens. So I had 20 pounds to get to work and back. And that's all I had. That's all, that was all the money I had. I don't, know, I don't know what it was in me. I just had a burning desire in me to pick up a camera and start learning the art of photography and video. I didn't even have a laptop that could process the camera. I didn't even have, I didn't have nothing. You know, and five years on, I, you know, I, I'm looking to why, you know, now I have six or seven cameras, a film studio. Uh, my first feature film is going to come out soon. I've just directed my, my, my first feature. I've shot over 50 60 show reels short films like there is uh you know i've got uh, two or three photos that are in singapore in in exhibitions around the world that have won awards like i didn't expect that one that my first acting paycheck that first uh, curiosity would have then led and and sewn itself into my acting career and then given me a film career at the end of it i didn't know that that was going to be the case but what i did was I stayed curious and I was yeah. never doing it for money. When I first learned how to use a camera, I was approaching buskers in the street and I was saying to them, hey, I think you're really talented. Can I shoot you a video now? And they were like, yeah, sure. And so I would shoot them, I would shoot them a video. I would then send them the video. You know, by the end of the year, I'd already shot 100, over a hundred videos and there was artists all over the world that were writing to me saying, hey, can we shoot a video? But then my, I shot my, my third music video, which then won BBC introducing video of the week. And I then started going like, oh, maybe I can actually start charging people for this. I've been, I've been doing this for a while now. I feel like I know, I understand. I'm still editing on iMovie, but a lot of the stuff that I'm making creatively through the camera is really visually stimulating through the story. So, you know, five years on, uh, here I am in Hackneywick, um, in a, in a, in a film studio and a circus studio where I get to do exercise, all of the things that I love in life and wake up, uh, and sit into the dream and the vision of the life that I have created. I think that's the problem though. You can so easily buy stuff these days. So yeah. we can earn money. We can buy a camera. We can earn money. We can get the best editing software. We can get the best editing uh, computer in the world. But if you're, if you're boring, and you see that quite a lot on like Instagram or YouTube, they've got drones, they've got gimbals coming out of their eyeballs, they've yeah. got the best camera, they've got thousands of pounds worth of equipment, and mm -hmm. then they're like this absolutely, camera, and they're just dry. And they've got, I'm just gonna go and okay, guys, we're just gonna talk one on one now. We got uh, three really interesting topics today. We're gonna start with <laughs> Numo Volcanic Microscope and Scoliosis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? just it's dry. really difficult wearing these uh wearing these headphones with a microphone on because every every time that i put this on i automatically go into hello it's a radio yeah, yeah. Uh, DK voice. Uh, we put a logan's kiss 100 mil with the matrix now it's logan's kiss 100 um 
<laughs> you just end up playing with the audio. But yeah, you're nee, totally nee, nee. right. <laughs> without, yeah, without the, uh, without, you're yeah, right. You can have all of the gear, no idea, no creativity. Totally. And, and, then, and, and then they force, they force it. They force like, I need money. I need money. I've now quit my job. Great. I love that you've done that, but stop forcing it. You need to enjoy it first. You need to be okay totally. at it. And then you can make money out of it. Um, there's, a, there's a YouTuber I watch. I don't know, Max Tuning. I don't know if you've heard of him. So I only, I only found him for, you'll like his videos, but I found him through fitness and he was always funny because he, he used that, um, is it self, what's it called when you, you take the, the mick out yourself? Um, you know the big word, you come on, you got big words for days. Oh, but when you say like, oh yeah, it's because I'm massive, even if you're not massive, or it's because I can lift loads of weight, or, like, do you know what I mean? Or like, yeah. He, and he, he, He's funny because he takes the mick out of himself, but he started through fitness. He was never really like massive, but just constantly trained. And now he's a yeah. CEO of a clothing company. Um, and also he's, he always used to eat sweets and people hated it because he was fitness and eat sweets. He's now released his own sour candy, like sweets. And he's got, sold like millions on every launch he does. Yeah. Um, and I just love it because he's him. He hasn't gone out there to force it like let's do a training video let's do this he's still like yeah i'm skinny guys i'll just keep training and yeah he's got the following that's his job now youtube yeah yeah job. yeah um and then he slowly bought he's got his drones he got this but he was in he still say to himself he was like oh, i know you hate my transitions you just want to hear about my training but i'm gonna do a cool transition here it goes and, he, and he'd still stick to what he enjoyed and he's yeah. grown that following my missus will say why are you, why are you watching him he's weird I'm like, oh, it's someone I could be friends with, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. That's why I'm watching it. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. And you do find yourself getting too immersed and watching too many episodes, but it's literally like a program. Literally like watching TV because he puts so yeah. much himself into it and you can tell he's enjoying his videos. And I think you're totally right as well. Like, like it, he's, he's being truly authentic to himself and his uh, creations of how, how, how he, he obviously decides to exercise his creativity through his videos. And that's, also amazing to see uh us as humans i get going slightly slightly going back to behavioral realism again is that we can see when you know when we're more transparent than we think we can see when someone's putting on a facade of something we can see when someone's trying to uh, display something that they they're they're possibly not being their true authentic self because it there's something about it that rubs us up the wrong way yeah so when people are truly authentic and they are um you know just exercising their own greatness then uh then it's totally watchable and you're totally right and, and it should be that you relate to them and go i, I think I, I feel like i'm friends with you i feel like we've you know we've been friends uh for a long time and that's and that's that's brilliant i'm glad he's doing really well yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I think, because then you see other people doing it and it is literally like, okay, well, I need to make money out of this. So I'm going to have to do a bench press video like everybody else. And I'm going to have yeah. to do this. I'm going to have to show how well I'm eating. Like, and he's literally just like, okay, guys, so we're going to cook a healthy meal today and he'll just make a bowl of cereal. And he's like, that's the first meal made in the house. And he's just, that's just him. Like, that's yeah. how he's, he eats pizza. He does eat healthy, but he doesn't exercise all the time. Oh, look how perfect I am. Like uh -huh. this whole, like you say, the perfect in Instagram person or the, and he's just like, this, this is me. This is yeah. who I am. And I think that's why he's grown to build such a big following from it because he's just been him as such. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so let's dip onto the movies. Yes. So what made you want to be, have you gone actor to producer or have you gone the other way around? 
Uh, I think uh, ah, we wear many hats in life. It's, I find this question very difficult. Uh, there's quite a few people ask me. They're like, what do you do? And I'm like, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I live in a circus factory. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an actor. I'm a circus artist. I'm a, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a performer. I'm, I'm a voiceover artist. I'm a director. I, I've produced. I've, uh, I'm a business owner. I'm, a, I'm many things. I am Luke, is what I prefer to say. Um, but yeah, Sounds so like an action movie. Yeah, <laughs> one, <laughs> one mission. One Luke, uh, <laughs> I am. No, Luke. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, the transition <laughs> happened. I was in Madison Square Gardens. I was performing. I was performing uh, in the circus uh, with uh, with a show that I'd been on tour with. We went into Australia. We ended up in America. We, we were touring uh, America for a while, and we ended up in New York City. So in New York City, I then met a very, very, very inspirational man called uh, Enzo Simone. Enzo Simone produced a project called 10 Mountains, 10 Years. This movie went on to win 28 awards and the director of that, Jennifer Yee, she went on to become Ridley Scott's uh, right-hand writer. She now writes for Universal Studios and she also is um, um, writing Netflix's new animation. So she, she works very much within the Alzheimer's, within the... Uh, the, the uh, the Alzheimer's activist, uh, she's an Alzheimer's and Parkinson's activist, but she's also uh, a writer and she works for these high-end um, production companies, uh, like some of the biggest around the world. So I'd met Enzo and, and I, I said to Enzo, like I heard about his project and we went out for dinner after, after one of the shows. I'd, um, I'd, I'd got, got them all tickets. And so we went, out, we went out for a meal and I said that I think it's amazing what he's created. And he said, well, jump in on the next one. And I kind of said that I've, you know, he's seen a lot of my stuff from Facebook, like me, my journey with the camera. And he says, you've got a really interesting eye for, for cinematography. So mixing, acting, the, uh, the method of... That, sorry, just going to put, put a pin in that there. That's yes. that doing something you enjoy, which will align at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't know that this was going to be the case. So this is like, like me you'd striking. Have, you'd have, you could have still meet, met, met him. That conversation still could have gone ahead, but if you hadn't done the videos, he might have been like, oh, "Okay, cool, nice to meet you, Luke." Yeah, so it's there. Yeah, but because he's seen what you'd already done, which you didn't even plan for that to do. No, no, totally to, not. I love that. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we, we totally. It was. It wasn't planned at all. So, so I arrive in New York City. I'd already said that I wanted to go and meet Enzo prior that a couple of years before when I was at, uh, I was at acting school, and so. So um, he basically said he wanted to get me involved in the project. So I moved to Las Vegas. I was performing in the circus in Las Vegas for seven months. I then get home from that journey and I'm kind of like, in a way, feeling a little lost, a little, uh, a little depressed, and a little like I've got to go back to ground zero to rebuild myself to find out what I'm going to be doing next. And I think it's very, very important. Uh, that's another thing we should touch on as well. Is I think depression is a really interesting thing. I think people see it as a one negative. I see it as a really, really strong positive. 100%. But we'll come back to that. Um, is that then, then uh, yeah, a couple of months after I got back from Vegas, uh, Enzo had said to me, um, hey, we're thinking about shooting another movie. Uh, how do you feel about being a trial production producer? And I said to him, that's a really elaborate title. What on earth does that mean? 
Um, so I got no response for about three weeks. And then three weeks later, he'd said, yeah, so I've, I've, you know, I've kind of got a team together and I think I want you to be the director. Um, what do you say? Uh, I, just put, um, I just put a very short email saying I'm all in. Um, <laughs> that's all and, I need to know, need to know yeah. yeah. And that was it. And then five years on, uh, we've been to four corners of the globe with 16 of the biggest advocates around the world um advocating parkinson's and alzheimer's disease making this movie for the better of good and it in in turn completely changed my entire life and so i that that was my first time uh, ever stepping into uh the director role but also stepping in the ring with the greats you know with people who have no money that make a hundred million dollars every year for parkinson's and they take no profit they take nothing and they set that up um, on, off their own back for free. So that's, insp- that, so that's really, inspirational, man. That's, that's amazing. That's yeah. incredible. Something to be a part of. Oh, it's of. unbelievable. And some of, the, some of the stories of the lives uh, in the film is just astonishing. Like, and, and you really don't need... We're given everything we need uh, around us, uh, but, but some people see opportunity and some people don't. So... so we really have to be, you know, awake to the opportunities that are around us. Um, so yeah. And then, and then we filmed the pilgrimage, we finished uh, filming it in Sicily and then I flew to America and then it went into post-production from there. So it it was very expensive. Uh, I didn't think I would be able to, uh, afford it at the time. Um, but I, I did bits bit by bit and, uh, I even got to a point I thought I'm going to have to sell the car here just to get to Italy. Um, but I trusted the, the process. <laughs> not the Mazda. Yeah, the Mazda. Yeah, I was going to have to sell it, mate. And that's my <laughs> wife. So, you know, happy wife, happy life. I almost had to sell the wife. So, times okay. were tough. I'd like um, to sell mine. <laughs> you what, sorry? I'd like to sell mine. you like to sell it? Yeah, well, like this is a good time for you my, to sell it, Sam. It's on the podcast. My wife, I mean. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I, hope <laughs> I hope she's not I'm involved in that. Okay, <laughs> I'm involved in that. The sale of this is nothing to do with me. I love you. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So it's really interesting the way that that life life has something set out for you. And and by no means was it hard. And somebody asked a, a dear friend of mine asked me the other day. He's like, "What would you say to people? Um, you know, because you're doing what you're doing. What would you say to people?" I I said to him, "I wish that nobody was me, because." you don't have to because then you don't have to deal with all of the things that come with living a life like this because i don't think it's set out for everyone and so uh i'm happy smiling in the face of adversity but not everybody is so uh we we also have to know what we're capable of and, and not giving too much of ourselves away before we actually end up depleting ourselves so uh yeah i think i think that's the best the best best message i could say is that actually like there's a lot of people that go like oh you're so lucky you're so fortunate uh I'm, i think i'm hard working and i'm stupid uh in so many respects for taking on so much work um <laughs> that you know i don't really know what's going to come of all of it but i know probably greatness so yeah well, there's a phrase that someone says oh ross edgley says something about being oh, what is it being but being brave to start or something so naive i can't think that's so annoying now it's a good like basically what you've just said like you said you're you're stupid and um 
whatever word you used to say with that. But that's where the creativity and where jump, jumping the mold comes from. Um, yep. Just being so, like you're brave enough to say, I'm going to do it, but naive yep. to think things might not go wrong, but you're in there. Yeah, anyway. you think it's going to be an easy journey. Like <laughs> they think it's there. going to be like, it's funny, actually. You're totally t- touching on all the right topics. You know, some people think show business is, uh, is glamorous. I tell you now, after walking 25 miles every day across uh, Sicily in the 10 hottest days they'd had in 10 years, um, with 25 kilos on my back, seven kilos in my right hand, wearing the same clothes for three weeks straight, um, standing in a, in, in a tropical thunderstorm, ruining my equipment, having paid for all of it, and now watching it all be destroyed. Um, <laughs> there is something so beautiful about about letting go of it all and realizing that you're in the right place at the right time. But also there is nothing glamorous about the smell of yourself after walking for three weeks straight. I think, uh, I think people so see... There's a lot of people that see the glitz and the glamour and yeah, the red they... carpet. They don't see the hardship that goes on behind the cameras, behind the editing team, behind and the... They also don't see what small movies take to make. When you've got yeah. big, big box movies, you're fine. When you've got like Absolutely. I, know, I know someone who's just flew away to to film a new big big movie and he he's only a body double but they'll pay him because they can't afford to pay the main actor to come and f- yep. shoot a few scenes because of how much it costs to get a main actor there and he's in this he's he's getting paid nowhere much as much as what top people get paid but he's in a hotel it's lush free food yep. free alcohol the pool and all that and they don't see what it takes to get there so like totally probably a lot of those uh producers and people there would have done what you've done to get to the big bit and a lot of people normally see just the universal pictures and the that's it that's it when, totally. when people have made it as such they don't see the standing in the tropical like you say and and not, totally. not when they afford. make it over yeah they make it overnight and there's five years in the making you know they don't see the five years in the making when you're on your knees uh begging for mercy saying i haven't got any more than i can give you please you know please help me out you know whatever whoever you're talking to but you know um you know there is times that it does become like that it does go like you know i'm on my knees here i can't give any more than i'm giving and you're got someone's got to help me out here uh, and it always does it always comes through and we have the power to manifest all of the things but it requires patience and persistence in the process of life you saying that it's not um not everyone is cut out for for your type of life or say uh-huh. I, i'm not as eccentric as you as in the way you've built your life um darling what do you mean i'm not eccentric at all darling it's <laughs> probably the wrong word but like no, how, i know what you're saying yeah, how yeah, brave absolutely. you've been like i have had my cushion like my partner is my cushion she's the uh-huh. person who says not to do things or to do things like when i was going to america she said go and do it so i knew it was a good idea because yeah. she was happy with me going away for 10 months, not seeing her for, for maybe six months at a time. Whereas yeah. if things she'll say, I want a house. Okay, cool. It's time to knuckle down. And I don't believe in following the system and being stuck in the system, but she wants yeah. a house. I understand the house. I secure my kids for future. I'm going to do that. So not yeah. as crazy as you living in a bloody warehouse. If I was single and I wasn't with my partner anchoring me down, I probably would be in a warehouse somewhere yeah. being a circus performer and doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but I think that you saying the memories you've got from that is exactly what I'm like. Like, yeah. did you earn any money from that? No, I don't care. Like, it's about not about that. that. If like, it's about that, 
it, like, you've lost the game. That's what I mean. I think, like you said, people aren't cut out for it. It's because some people don't care about that memory. But I want to know when I'm when I die, when I'm on my deathbed, I have no. I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd said yes to that. I wish I'd gone and done that. And and that's I say probably what brings us together as well. Once again, it's that same that same mentality. And like some people are yep. like some people are like I want to have the memories of having so much money, so many houses, twelve cars. Yeah, kids are all happy. And and I went to I flew here on a private jet. Some people have that as memories, whereas uh-huh. you're a bit like me. Like I want that memory of I was stuck in a tropical storm. I lost all my kit, but then I still managed to overcome that and build a movie and create yeah. a movie. And like yeah. I can tell people that I've walked through a desert or I've not walked. Clothes, I've not changed my clothes for three weeks. That's a cool yeah. memory to me. Like yeah. <laughs> some people are like I would rather say that I bought a new outfit every day for three weeks. Yeah, I'd yeah, totally. Say I've not walked clothes. Um, and it's good. Like, like I say, me and my partner, we bounce off each other very well because she was never like that. And now she is, and mm. I was never caring about money. And now I do a little bit. And yeah, I think that's great for both of us. Um, yeah. I don't know. People have seen me. I turned my car into a, into a camper van during COVID because I love yeah, camping. yeah, yeah, yeah. You would never have got her in a, in a car with a bed in it ever. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. We've been four yeah, times yeah, that, now. That's and great. We're great weekends away. And she was never like that. Um, so just going back to what you're saying about people aren't always made for it. And I think that's, that's the two different types of people that you, you have. Um, yeah. And I'm definitely the way you are is I'd love to say I was stuck in a tropical storm and tell my kids about that and tell my family yeah. about that and how incredible it was. I, th- I, th- I think I think the thing is is that I say to, I say to, uh, I say to my close friends a lot, you know, don't, don't, don't wish for a, uh, a jet plane wish for the lifestyle that requires you to need a jet plane. If I'm Dwayne Johnson, uh, he's not going, I need a jet plane because I want to look like I've, I'm rich and I've got a jet plane. No, the guy's shooting 13 movies. So he has, you know, a year or nine movies a year. That means he's got to be around the world uh, all the time. So he needs, he needs it. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, he that. needs it. It's an expense. It's a, so we, we can't get caught on materialism. Uh, just touching back on also uh, the people sit from the outside, especially from social media, we put the highlight reel up of our lives and we see that, you know, like for example, I was touring with the circus or I'm touring with whatever show that I'm doing at the time. And you see I'm in and out of planes and in and out of different cities and all over the world. And they go, Oh, I'm so jealous that you're so lucky. And then you go, well, you know, are you willing, are you willing to get up and ice your ankles four times before you walk in the morning? Are you willing to then go to the gym for 45 minutes and stretch and uh, work the muscles that are feeling weak at the time? Then go and have a physio, then get your back destroyed by physio, your shoulder destroyed, labrum tears, uh, six ligament replacements, like, and then go and do a show. And it's not the first time. So I say this to anybody who goes to watch any, any circus show or any Cirque du Soleil show, you know, it's not the first time that that person's done that trick for that audience. That is probably the 15th to the 20th time that week that that person has done that triple back somersault. So people think that, you know, we're robots. We're not robots. We're very well tuned, very well, um, really, really specifically, specifically crafted um, showmen that, that are trying to exercise physical greatness and, and, and also, we're pushing beyond what 
what physical boundaries to what our potential uh, to try and exercise our potential even further than it already is so it's you know people people don't see what happens behind behind closed doors the broken necks the broken backs the broken legs the open fractures the they don't see that we see that and then five minutes later we're back on stage and we've got a, a five-star stellar stellar performance a great word you said there as well which i hate i hate it lucky i, I was not lucky. lucky i like let's go back to what we said a minute well, a few minutes ago that dude seeing your show reels on facebook it wasn't someone would say well that's that's lucky that they that he saw them because then he knew how good you were and that's why he wanted to work with you well, I wasn't uh-huh. lucky because you created those videos and you put them on Facebook and you uploaded them for him to, in the end, see them. That's not yep. look. It's not look that he's seen them because if he hadn't put them there, what we would say unlucky. Well, it's not unlucky, no. And I, yeah, I yeah. hate that. Like, you're lucky to be traveling the world. Well, no, I put myself there to travel the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. And uh, I, absolutely. I can't stand that word. Like, and no, I, no, I, it's not look, it's hard work, mate. I think sometimes, like, you know, sometimes with certain things to get to a certain level, I think sometimes it is, it, it is look. You've bumped into someone on the street in passing and you've been very polite to them. It turns out that's uh, Stanley Kubrick and now but he wants to put you in his next movie. But that's not but, look but, because you were polite. You could have been an arsehole. Well, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. You're right. You are absolutely right. Yeah. I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't believe in look either. I only you believe created in hard that, work. You were on that street at that thing. point. You bumped into him and you could have been like, what are you doing? Why are you bumping into me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally, didn't. You were totally. like, you, you, you oh my God, so, sorry, sir. I'm so sorry about that. And then he was like, wow, he's a, look at him. He's got a creative mustache. He seems very, very cool. He's I've only very... got this just because I did a commercial recently and they asked me to shave. I would have a big beard normally, but, oh, and a big mustache, but. I'll say, yeah, you had a cracking mustache. It, yeah, um, I know. It, it'll be back. And you didn't have to be nice to him. You could have had You're a right, day right. that day. And that's not look. That's you being you. Like, and especially if, like you say, it could be someone who was famous or put you onto a good path, then, well, guess yeah. what? You were in New York, you were in LA, you were in London, you were where you should have, should have been. If you're walking around in the middle of, I don't know, Dordan still, or Polsworth still, then guess what? You're not going to meet a superstar. Um, yeah. And let's say again, if you did bump into a superstar in, 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 in Polsworth and you were nice to them, then that's not look again. That's you being nice to them, put you on yeah, yeah, of course. where you were going. Absolutely. Um, I hate ugh, the word look. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. I, I, I just think it's, uh, it's it, yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little inconsiderate. I don't think people have considered, uh, yeah, all walks of life and how people have got there. It's very easy to be able to jump on the train of like, oh, it's privileged. It's, um, it's, uh, you know, you, yeah. There's all kinds of things going on, on on socially now. Um, but, but yeah, you're totally right. It isn't look. It's hard work. Uh, and and work etiquette and uh, and a good ethic. Uh, and, a, and, a, and a healthy life a healthy life so what uh what do you prefer performing yep or directing really interesting question um i really enjoy both i, I think it depends on the depends on the performance depends on the show some shows i do i'm like wow this is a really painful show the audience are never going to know how much pain my ankles are in or my uh my back is in or or whatever it is like because it's always it tends to be something quite dangerous uh or like the element of like fear of like how if i get this wrong like i'm done like i've been so many times like my kneecaps are shaking because i'm about to do something that that could end my life um or or, or severely severely injure me anyway um so yeah just so you there we haven't, we haven't touched on that so um chad luke is not just a performer he was a circus performer so acrobat so 
triple back somersaults, twisting into somersaults, twisting out of somersaults, off teeter boards, so off a, like a seesaw. So think yourself in the park and he's yeah. on one end and someone jumps on the other end, fires him in the air, then he has to repel himself to do some crazy nice show-stopping somersault back onto his feet um, or off something, running and jumping off something, all in a performance, not just in the park or not just parkour, actually in front of crowds of people totally. every day. Um, yeah, and- and a lot of the times uh, I've been fortunate enough to be in the creation process of shows being created. And that's my favorite part, really, because then you really get to create the show. And if the show's a success, then you're a part of that and you created that. So it means you've exercised, um, you've exercised, a re- you've collaborated with everybody else around you and you've made a really stellar performance. And that's happened on, 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 a, on a few occasions where I've been really proud of the work that everybody's generating, created together. So I think when I'm directing, I'm always looking at movement and how our physical bodies um, are telling the story before we, uh, before we even start to think about words. Uh, and that's what I really like to practice as a practitioner. I think we wear many different things. We're students and sometimes we're teachers. And and when I'm directing, I'm not teaching, I'm facilitating the greatness in the room and I'm exercising the potential of all of those in front of me. Um, and it's very easy for me to see. If I, if, I, if I was to say I had one superpower, it was I really, really, really see the potential and the greatness within everybody. When, when somebody's really striving for something, I, I can only see their greatest truest version of themselves and i think that's a really beautiful skill to have because it means that there's no judgment and if there is a judgment because judgment is really we you know we make things up in 0.03 of a second with with someone then then we can automatically say that is brilliant you are you are trying to be a better version of yourself and here's how we're going to exercise that in this show i'm going to give you uh, all of the tools that you need to show your tools to me um, when I'm performing, I get the buzz of being on stage and I get the adrenaline and I get the, uh, the fatigue and the tiredness and, the, um, and also the highs and the lows of what it is performing. There's days you wake up and you go, the last thing I want to be right now is it's in front of two and a half thousand people. Yeah. Last place I want to be right now. I'm feeling vulnerable. I feel weak. Everything hurts. My mind's against me today. And then you step up to the plate. So... I think it's both teach me a lot of things and I'm really interested in doing both a lot I think, more. I think with you doing both as well also gives you, it's a bit like me coaching and um, competing. You yeah. understand now as a producer what they're going through. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's not saying you're not going to put them through that because maybe you waking up and feeling emotional and vulnerable actually gave you a better performance that day because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why you perform like it's the same as being an athlete you ache because you want to ache you ache because yeah yeah of course there's a pleasure in pain yeah yeah um and i feel it gives you that understanding of so when you are producing yeah do you think it gives you that edge that uh yeah absolutely i think it gives i think it gives me the upper hand on on many aspects actually with photography with with video i know what it feels like to be to be the artist on the other side so I know what I don't get from other people and I try and practice what I don't get. So it's really good because then I can take what the things that aren't necessarily working in some spaces and then try and exercise those things into another space where I'm in the flipped position. So like I trained as a theater maker in physical theater. So it was, 
it was bringing uh, physical practices together to tell uh, to have a have a narrative on stage um, with our physical bodies, and that translates to to so many things in film, in photography, in all walks of life, and I think uh, especially uh, in the new Joker movie. Oh, I love so. It. Yeah. And, and I think the reason why I really enjoyed the new Joker movie, and I thought it was craftsmanship at its finest, one from Joaquin Phoenix, but two from the, the filmmakers and from Todd as well, um, the director. They, the, there were scenes there, like when he's in the toilet and he's dancing and he's going through the motions. Those were written scenes that then he improvised in the toilet. Those were, were written scripts that then came out in physical practice. And the whole world went, whoa. I've got goosebumps. Joaquin, what are you doing right now? Yeah. You are absolutely rinsing like the stage right now. It's it's amazing. So so and that really was like the merging of the physical actor, filmmaking, and the abstract nature in which we choose to tell the narrative of of the story. And I want to see more of that in film. And and there is a merge between theatre and film that hasn't quite been crossed yet but I can't wait to see that and also practice that and get it embellished in my work moving forwards. You'd be a good joker. I think you'd play a good joker. Oh, I'd like to play the joker. I, I think I'd be pretty messed up afterwards, but I'd give it a darn good I think that's go. what happens to all of them, don't when they get... When I they, think so. I think a lot, feel, takes a lot of, their... Yeah, a lot of actors who take their role seriously, it can, yeah. can really affect them. But that's totally. what they're... It does, it does affect you as well. You can play a role for six months and you're playing the angry asshole all of a sudden you're walking around life being a slightly angry arsehole and it's like well why am i feeling this negative way oh hang on i've been playing a really angry <laughs> arsehole uh, yeah. for six months <laughs> so I, I need to i then you then you once i finish the contract you go back to self-meditating and uh working back on your practice to get luke back and i think many times uh, every actor loses loses himself a little bit and, and has to rediscover the light in themselves yeah because they say they say we lost uh heath ledger to that didn't they to get yeah into, yeah, in depth into yeah. his characters and stuff and he just wasn't the same after the joke but then also his no, characters no, totally, after yeah. that they were the same sort not same sort of character but he had to get himself in a weird mindset which which then messed him up yeah um, totally there's something really like there's a very weird strange um there's a strange dimot- uh, uh, dichotomy between something that's beautifully ugly um and the jokers are very you know, the new Joker for me is very something that's beautifully ugly. Uh, yeah, the way it. in which it was displayed. Uh, I thought it yeah, was more but, of a. A lot of people were like, "Well, I hated that movie," and I was like, "Well, it told a story, and it told what what life is about these days." Oh, it was truthful. It like, was totally it was like, truthful to to so many of the lower class in society. Yeah, and just just the way people feel and 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 the way people are treated, especially like the the way the medical system treated him, was yeah. a bit. I'm not going to say like a bit how America is and I can imagine that's how it is. Mm. Um, so I think people hated it because it was so real. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, America yeah, was grim. A whirlwind was grim. Of, uh, of emotions just walking down the street. It's, oh, it's yeah. yay and some. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, you Crazy. wanted to touch on, you wanted to touch on depression. If How long have I got you for? Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. That's a really good, that's a really good thing. I think, I think people tend to shy away from it and they're like, uh, they're, they're, they're either, embarrassed to say so or they just haven't accepted the fact that as 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 humans we suffer with with mental health issues one thing we don't practice in our education system is well-being a special mental well-being as well it's something we really have to learn it's a journey on our own 
So depression to me is depression of the character that you're playing. Your body is tired of being the person you are not. So uh, if depression comes about, it's actually, I, I, feel like, I feel like it's the world coming back in reflection to yourself and saying, hey, there is a better version of yourself out there. Work on it get to that better version of yourself and that doesn't necessarily mean to say financially it might be financially that it, 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 it could be any any part of any aspect of life but depression to me means that that as a person you need to uh, go inwards to come outwards and you need to depress your character and to grow and to bloom i'll tell you a little little cheeky story about a lobster right a lobster sits under a rock um and it, it grows a shell it grows a shell it, it, and then it goes out into the world it eats the world it does uh, it does its routines of life and it gets to a point where it becomes uncomfortable let's say that uncomfortability we can call depression so it has to go back to its rock that it originally came from yeah. and then it has to take that hard shell that it had when when uh, when you when it first entered the world it has to take that hard shell take it off strip it back and become really mushy really vulnerable and really fragile and anything and anyone could really harm that at any moment but it has to do that to grow a bigger better shell a bigger better version of itself to then re-enter the world and continue life moving forwards and i think that's a beautiful analogy for for, for any time that any anyone's ever suffering with depression or or anxiety or whatnot it's okay to go back under your rock and it's okay to take your shell off and re, uh, reevaluate. And I think we should do it more often than we think. We don't practice it in, in our society and we don't practice mental well-being. But to me, it's very important. And to talk mental about well-being. it. Let's talk, talk about it. it. Let's, so like this, let's talk about it. Let's educate each other. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Like, so I, I had this a week ago. So it's been getting to me that I can't do what I was doing. I can't live my life how I was living it and not, it is due to COVID, but it's not like, oh, well, I can't go here. I can't go there. We had a process. I've now had to get the job. I've had to stop doing everything I was doing that I'd been working for for the last six, seven years. And I, yeah. had, I had a bit of a breakdown during COVID and didn't speak about it for a long time. And then once I'd spoke about it, I felt great. Okay, now how am I going to fix this? I got yeah. the job. I then had the same sort of breakdown not long ago. And I was snapping at people and I was snapping at my partner. And I literally just... I was like, I've got to say something. And I literally just said, I'm not okay. Yeah. And I, I felt so, so, so much better. Like I, I, it didn't change the job. I'm still in the same job. It didn't change the situation. I'm still where I am. Yeah. But I just needed to tell somebody. So I just said to her, I'm not okay. Uh-huh. And then I say, not, nothing's been done about it. It just changed my mood. Yeah, because I wasn't hiding in myself, and like you say, I was in that mushy, vulnerable lobster state. Yeah, where I'd taken the shell off, but I've gone mushy, I've gone vulnerable, and then now needed to say something and speak to someone. As soon as it was out there, I was like, "Okay, Sam, get over yourself." There's people who haven't got houses, who haven't got jobs, who haven't got money. Yeah, get gratitude. Just because you're not doing what you've been doing for the last, what you've worked for, yes, you've lost everything. You've lost. You've. It could come back. It, it's. It's not. It will come back in a very different form. Yeah, um, and I had to just say to myself, like, get over. Like, actually, get over yourself. Get. You haven't. Uh -huh. I could be sat at home with no money, and yeah. I could not be buying a house in in six, seven months' time. But I am yeah. still on that path. Yes. Yeah. I think the hardest part of it was all the people that I'd done this to. 
and people yeah. listening can't see, I'd stuck my finger up to you and said, I'm going to be a cheer coach, educator, and that's going to be my life. And I'm probably going to work 30 hours a week and earn the same amount of money as a 40 hour job. Right. And it was like, I'd got all those people saying, I told you so. I told you so. Cause I'd had to then go back to the norm. I'd had to get a normal job. I'd had to go and be nine to five, 40 hour a week. And I, and that's, I was putting that pressure on myself. No one had said that. Yeah. I was putting it on myself. I told you so. And I could feel all these people that I'd proven wrong saying, I told you so. I told you so. And once I'd spoken to someone, they kind of disappeared. And mm. it was like, oh, okay, now I'm doing it for a reason. This is why I can't help yeah. it. My work's not even there. It's not like I'm just not doing the job I want to do. It's the work's not even there. So yeah. get over yourself. You've got money. You've got to have a roof over your head. You've got a nice partner. You've got a good family. Be, be grateful for that. And then hopefully the way I am will bring everything back again. Um, but I think like depression, people need to talk about it. Totally. Otherwise you get more and more depressed. And, and also you touched on a really important topic there as well as gratitude. Like we need to, we need to look at the day and be grateful for the things that we've done in that day. You know, if anybody who's struggling, you can literally be like, well, I'm going to write down 10 things I'm grateful for today. You know, it's very simple. It can be very small. You know, I'm grateful to have breakfast. I'm grateful to, uh, I'm grateful to have the things that I have around me. I'm grateful to have a family. I'm grateful to have a roof over my head. I'm grateful for this scenario that happened today. It can be as big or as small as you want, but do that on a daily basis and gratitude will attract and manifest other things into your life because you'll attract more opportunity. And you attract people like you, like having this conversation today will put me on a good path. If I hadn't had this conversation and just sat watching TV because I got to go to a night shift today, yeah, likewise, it, Sam. It puts you in that, okay, that was a, that was a great conversation um, and puts you on a good good start to the day. Obviously, I've only just got up, so it is my start of my day. But <laughs> yeah, yeah mate, good, you're on nights, mate. You're, good, you're doing really well to be, uh, to be up good, at, this, at this point. Anyway. But the problem is, though, because I'm talking to the people I want to talk to, it's not money. I don't make money out of this. So because I'm talking to people I ask to come and talk to me or if they come and ask me, yeah, I'll talk to you. I want to do this. This is what I want to do. So this is a yeah. reason to get up when I should still be in bed, et cetera. Um, yeah, totally. And like you said, that's, it's, it's that, that put it in the terms you put it in, like creating, creating that good energy, creating yeah. that, that good future to get yourself out of that dark place and um, to readjust, to, to talk about it and readjust yeah. and then reassess, reevaluate and be, then move forwards. Be I'm grateful sorry. for what I'm grateful that I'm getting to talk to you because of the internet. I'm grateful that my mic's finally working this time and hopefully it's recorded really good audio because this has been yeah i hope so i'm sure chat. it's going to be great <laughs> it's been a yeah. Really good chat. um yeah man let's wrap that up there that's an hour and 10 minutes man um, that was good that was a really thanks good chat. i thanks I for could coming chat on for like yeah. three four hours that's great <laughs> yeah. thanks so much for having me on sam thanks for coming on take home points from this uh for, for viewers and listeners is be more lobster <laughs> yes. be more lobster um let's be more lobster yeah just be more lobster. be more lobster be more lobster yeah. um, look after yourselves and look after those around you yeah definitely and yeah. be grateful be grateful for for what you what you've got and opportunities like this opportunities yeah. like this um what is your movie called uh, the pilgrimage to, yeah uh, the pilgrimage to enlightenment the journey of becoming an advocate um the trailer's out on youtube it's also on facebook you can get it on instagram uh the release date was supposed to be this june but because of the whole covid situation i'm going to postpone it until uh i think the world is ready for it <laughs> so uh keep, keep peeled keep tuned it's definitely going to be one to watch um 
and I'll definitely keep watching these podcasts and uh, and, and we'll talk more down the line, Sam. Thank you so Thanks, much. Brother. Yeah. Um, where will it be released? Where can people? Uh, it's going to be released uh, in Hollywood Boulevard, uh, I believe, at the Egyptian Theatre first, and then it's going to go on the festival circuit and. We'll see. We'll see where else it's going so to go. So no one can be... find it online. It won't be online. Uh, it won't. Yeah, it w- not just yet. It's because it needs to be. It's going to go to distribution after it's been to the film festivals. But it's going to. We've got. Uh, we've got a Spain tour. We've got a um, an Italian tour. Then we've got an American tour. And then um, I'll see if I can get a UK tour. But that would be brilliant if we could. Um, and then and then I'll know. Um, I'll know where 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 the platform's going to be shown. Okay. which platform it's going to be shown on and whatnot so it could be like back end of next year yeah it'll be uh it'll be june june next year but if it's not out by june next year um i'll probably have a black eye and well i'll be on your podcast and i probably would have punched myself in the face so uh let's hope that it's out by june next year uh it's definitely done and ready to go i'm just hoping that we can get a better better release date uh, and, and a better uh, grasp on the situation that's unfolding yeah, dude, very, very inspirational podcast. And I'd love to get you back on to actually talk about you and who you are and like all the stuff we've touched on. How did you get there? Um, but I was not stopping you in that flow of inspiration and the way you were talking. And um, I was not getting in the way of that. So no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, mate, you're fantastic. Thank um, you so much for uh, letting me watch for an hour and 10. Great. <laughs> No, thanks for coming on, dude. It's very, no. very inspirational, very free-flowing, very easy to talk to. Um, obviously, I should hope you, you are like that, being a movie star and all that. I'm not a movie star, no, no, not at all. I'm just a, regu- <laughs> I'm just a regular bloke in the back of a warehouse in London. Just... <laughs> Sounds like Peaky Blinders or something. <laughs> Peaky Blinders, mate. Just a regular bloke in the back of a, back of a warehouse. Uh, Out there. We've got a virus, okay? <laughs> Wear your masks. Stay alert. Stay alive. Bro, that's going to be the clip for the podcast now. It's going to be the first thing that comes on. Um, thanks again, uh, dude. And I will be down to London 100%. We'll, we'll do a wicked first one. And then when you're back in, are you coming down for, are you coming over Christmas? Or I come, yeah, I come down uh, quite often, actually. So, so I'll, okay. I'll, I'll drop you a message once I'm back, bro. Yeah, the studio should be done. And we'll do a late night one or something. We'll have a beer or if you don't yes. do anymore, you know, because you're from London. <laughs> really looking forward to it, mate. Cool. Um, awesome. I'll leave you to your day and your fun yes. factory. Thank you for wasting or spending uh, two it hours. Was no waste. It was actually, uh, it was really, really inspiring. Thanks a lot, Sam. An hour of 10 to me and I'll, uh, I'll speak and see to you soon, man. I'll speak to you soon. Take, Take care. care, dude. Bye-bye, mate. Much love. Much love.